Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me today, Pastor Matt. Hello. And I'm subdued. And Pastor Reggie. What's going on? It's Pastor Scott's birthday, Reggie. It is Pastor Scott's birthday, everybody. Happy birthday. don't want Matt doing this. Oh. That's <laughs> not the direction. I think everybody has suffered through enough Zoom birthdays <laughs> <laughs> songs over the net last year. I mean, our, our kid, my kids still do it in class, oh, like, every gosh. week. That's terrible. You know, it's brutal. you know what's worse, though, is mine doesn't get better in person. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which is why you just lean in. Maybe yeah. it's the reverse, because Zoom yeah. birthdays are... Uh, over birthday over zoom singing is so bad maybe if you do it yes then it becomes amazing yes i think that's yes. what he's been banking on yeah yeah, yeah. Most, waiting yeah. For, your, time. for your medium yeah well happy birthday scott yeah buddy thank yeah. you um can we talk about your birthday a little bit i assume what that's what this was about yeah is that what this podcast is about right? I, I we can i don't know can. if there's anything to, to talk <laughs> about how does it feel but... to be 40 years old 40 um, so i distinctively Oof. remember my mom turning 40 and they had a big over the hill party like it was like over the hill decorations like everywhere i i still feel like i'm climbing the hill like i don't i mean i don't know maybe it's, i'm over it, the hill it's good you think that maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice it's a great perspective to keep i mean not climbing the hill towards jesus brian keeps telling us we're at the top of the hill uh, top of the ladder the ladder that's yeah. not the gospel yeah oh yeah 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 the gospel is we're all over the hill yeah that's the gospel is that <laughs> Just mix all the metaphors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels pretty stinking good, actually. I, 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 I love, yeah, I love being every age I've been. I love getting older and feel like there's a ton of grace. From it is Lord. a weird moment, though, hitting an age that you remember your parents being. Oh, for and just sure. being like, oh man, like, and now I'm. Oh, uh, yeah, it's very, very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at that point, in, like, like, and even with my kids, right? Like, we're my youngest is. You know, eight turning nine. My oldest is in high school. I'm kind of like, I guess this was it. Mm -hmm. I guess like this. <laughs> this, this, this like, like, your, like life. <laughs> this, this, this was your childhood. You know, oh, like I, childhood. you know, <laughs> it uh, is what it is. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was all a bunch of of amazing potential plans ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so much potential. That's what I think about. <laughs> that is like a that is like a really not a not a positive uh, way no, to describe I, it. I, I, I feel very positively about it. Okay, but good. I just you, you guys accomplished excellent. a lot. You guys, have, you have you, you know, your family is great. It's wonderful. You accomplished uh, a lot. Oh man, a lot of Life's that weird. a lot of that potential has been achieved. <laughs> but we're we're not. Some here. of it has been squandered. It's, <laughs> it's still a grand experiment, man. This whole thing. Uh, yeah, pastor in a church, leading yeah. a family. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, merging. Yeah, everything. Yep. It's all just a grand experiment. The Lord's writing a book. The Lord is gracious. We haven't talked about your much. book in a while That's on these true. podcasts either. <laughs> is that what this is about? Yeah, it I'm is the sure one year anniversary. About. It released one year ago. Today. The best, nice. the best present you could get Pastor Scott for his birthday is to go out and buy three or four copies of <laughs> loving, messy people. Loving messy people and give them to all Sounds your amazing. messiest friend, all your messiest, all. <laughs> and give it to them. This, 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 this is for you. That's right. This book made me like, think of you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but that's as as fun as an hour on this would be. <laughs> and then when I turned thirty six, <laughs> this wasn't the point of the podcast. I've got like um, three hours. On, on that, just as a heads up. Um, so today we're here particularly with. Pastor Reggie to focus on and talk about uh, 
his testimony. We the, the idea came up actually from Reggie himself. <laughs> He's like, guys, I I got an idea. I want to I want to no, but we which is a good a good principle for all of you out there listening. That's right. If you come up with an idea, you're we're gonna probably going to experiment pro- on you. Bro. <laughs> so oh, man. just a heads up. You no. come in really passionate about something, you should do it. <laughs> we talked about the 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 importance of testimonies and. Since Reggie brought up the idea, I've heard from a couple other people that man, we'd really love to hear just the testimonies of our pastors, both how he became a Christian, also be how you became a pastor. And um, I, I know that both of those were a journey for you, Reg. And so it <laughs> yeah. uh, seemed like a great place to start. And so we just wanted to take some time today to allow you to share a bit of your story. And, and I would say, oh, man, I Brian's been giving you such a hard time for that (laughs) I think because we have so many pastors which we're so blessed with we have so many pastors and you know we're not some sort of massive church or anything we we want to be known Mm. and Mm. it's really important for us as your pastors to know you and to be known Um, but with that many pastors with the 11 12 however many pastors we have 11 at this point it's it's hard to know everybody. And so giving, using a medium like this to, to allow the church as a whole to get to know us better, I think is a, a really great idea, Reggie. So yep. I, I'm excited that we're getting to hear from you yep. today. Cool. Well, what, why don't you kick us off, Reggie? So how, how were you first exposed to Jesus? Who's that? <laughs> what? No. Let me tell abort, you. Abort. <laughs> abort. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. I heard a great message this morning about how to tell people about Jesus. Let there me season go. my speech with salt. Ding. No. Nice. Uh, no. So, I mean, I I feel like my story in a lot of ways is going to be similar to a lot of people, but I, I grew up in church. I uh, was there um, pretty much since from birth onwards. And I was, I'm from New York originally. So we went to a church just, uh, uh, in, in, in Harlem. We lived in Westchester County, just outside of New York city, but we made the drive every Sunday. Um, took about an hour every Sunday morning to go to church. Oh, wow. And cause my parents lived in the Bronx, uh, for a while before they moved to the burbs. So they, <laughs> they like, didn't bother finding a new church. And was like, <laughs> Oh, we'll just keep going here. Um, so they took them like 10 minutes before, but then took them an hour once they moved to Peekskill. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we, I, I went there for most of my childhood, uh, driving an hour down to church and like, <laughs> like Demetrius and John were talking about last week, this was church. Uh-huh. This was like, we were there. It was like 10 to three, uh, just church. Uh, so that was just in my like DNA, just grew up with it. So I'd heard about you know, obviously heard about Christ and, and, and for my whole life practically, but I finally accepted Jesus probably the first time anyway. Uh, I'm one of those classic Christians who <laughs> as a, came to Christ as a kid and then doubted and re-accepted Jesus like two or three times after that. But I think it was seven years old. Uh, some friends were over our house and, you know, they're talking about Jesus and you need to believe in him and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. So I feel like that was the, f- that was the first time that I had actually, you know, chose to, you know, believe and whatever. And I'd already heard, you know, Bible stories and, you know, seen my parents and seen others. It's like, oh, that seems like it makes sense. So that started, that was like, yeah, it was seven years old, but I did it again on like a retreat when I was 11 or 12. 
And then again, when I was like 16, stuff like that. But mm. this is all that, that journey of the, the person who comes to faith as a child. I feel like there's a growth and an uh, evolution, I think, that happens in that person's life a lot of the time. And I was the same way. So actually, can you talk about that a little bit? Because I, I'm afraid that a lot of people that have similar stories to that mm -hmm. see their testimonies as not exciting. Oh, 100%. Right? They're like, oh, what a, uh, I don't know. Why would you ask me to share my testimony? Yep. If it's so boring, that's the right. Yeah. And, and I, I think it does a disservice, right. To oh, yeah. the, the journey, to the work <laughs> that the spirit did at, at these different times. What, what, mm -hmm. what was it that drew you uh, back or what were some of the back to making those commitments time after time? Or what were some of the highlights of that? Right. So yeah, it's the kind of thing where you're so used to hearing I was strung out on drugs and alcohol and I was, you know, a, a filthy wretch and I stole and I, you know, pillaged and, you know, whatever. This was all whatever. when you were seven? This is, um, <laughs> obviously, I was wanted in several states. Uh, but you want to have like that story and then the light comes on and you see Jesus and oh, and then you abandon, you forsake. Like you want the, the Paul story. You want the, I was, I was this and then I became this. So there's this sense of like, it's so boring of, I always went to church and one day I was like, yeah, okay, the end. It just, mm. You know, there's a sense of just like, eh. but over the course of my life, like there are such like key markers and points of the growth of that, that relationship or, and even, even just knowing that it's a relationship at all. Like the idea of me saved at seven versus me saved at 11 or 16 or 19 are like, those are four different markers. And I felt differently at each point about who God was and what it meant to be a Christian. And mm. it just kept growing and building on itself. And I feel like a, like a quick plug, I guess, to parents as you're parenting your child, like don't think of it like coming to Jesus is a single moment. Mm. Like that's, that's not truly what coming to know Jesus is. I think that's sort of a distinction between coming to know Jesus as a child versus coming to know him as an, as an adult. There's elements of this when there's an, you're an adult too, but I think it's especially potent when you're a child. Um, there's a growth in a, a, that needs to happen in a true understanding of what the gospel actually is. Because um, I feel like I was at 7 and 11, I was a, a, a Christian by name or something that I claimed. And yes, this is true. And I'll go to church and read my Bible and stuff. Then in, when I was 16 or so, it became a, more of a relationship. Mm. And then by the time I was 19, it was much more um, infused into life and seeing how it wasn't just something I did, it's who I was. And that's something I didn't have the capacity to understand or articulate when I was seven or 11. But as I got older, it, it clicked. Did you have in the, the times between, were you like rebelling or cold or apathetic or like hostile or like what, right. what were the, the, for those yeah, uh, so, on that journey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think from, from basically, I mean, I was always kind of a good kid, so I didn't really do too much rebelling or whatever. So like between seven and 16, um, pretty straight laced kid, didn't really do a whole lot started to rebel the littlest bit like in my teenage years like I was around 16 or so and then when I went to college like that was the eye opener because like my entire life I went to church because my parents went to church mm -hmm. like also because oh you're supposed to and whatever but like I went because they're like all right get up let's go we're going to church mm -hmm. like okay and here we go and then I get to college and I'm away at college and I'll never forget that first Sunday 
it was just like, I like woke up and was just like, oh, it's Sunday. Like I had no plans. I didn't look for a church. I didn't like try to find one out. I, I did nothing. It was just Sunday. And then I was like, oh, it's Sunday. I'm not supposed to go to church. And then, oh, oh, well, whatever. And then I just stopped. I just stopped going to church entirely for months. Um, and then that's where there was more rebellion, at like my freshman year of college or so, where it was just like, I'm free. Like, what, you know, what am, what am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. And then God got a hold of me. Um, I don't even remember exactly how. I don't remember the specific moment or, or thing that happened that made, it, that made this, but like I just got con completely confronted with the question of basically, what are you doing? Like, mm. like why, like either way, like either what are you doing, rebelling and doing all the things you're doing or what are you doing with like, why any of this? Like your parents aren't here. No one's waking you up. You're not going. Why aren't you going? Do you want to go? What are you a Christian? Like, what does that mean? Like all of these like deeper, bigger questions of the transition from I'm a Christian because my parents are slash I've always been versus I'm a Christian because I have seen who Jesus is and recognize my need for him. Mm. And that, so that was the shift that happened when I was, when I was 19. And it was just like, oh man. And that's, that's when it, it landed, yeah. I think, probably for the first time. And I, I don't want to undersell the power of the spirit in moments like that. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. There, where the, that story doesn't have to end that way. Mm -hmm. right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. God was so gracious to, to draw you to uh, bring to mind those things that, um, and, and probably in a moment that if your parents had known everything that was going on, right. like would have like sent them into a panic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, even yeah. just even known everything that was going on in your head. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think that as, as kids, a number of us can relate to that. But I also think as, as parents, a number of us can relate to that, but seeing the, the power of God to continue to patiently mm -hmm. and gently, but also firmly pursue you through those different stages just but, but before we move on to um moving forward from there i mean we we talked with uh john i talked with john and demetrius right last yeah. week about yeah. their experiences in the church what when you look back on the and i know that sometimes the churches we grew up in can be a complicated sure <laughs> you know story but what of that what from that culture what from that experience do you want to emulate do you do you see you're like okay man that's like that was a real blessing uh to me whether i realized it even at the time or not yeah i mean my like like you said it's complicated churches growing mm -hmm. up and my church was definitely that there were like lots of elements that were just just not 100 percent mm -hmm. um <clears throat> like theod theologically they were probably okay <laughs> but it, it it just didn't have any life in it and like I kind of felt that growing up mm. um, a lot, but at the same time, it's, and again, this is just the Lord and his kindness, um, that even in a church that was not as robust as I wanted it to be, I knew him. Mm. And I, you couldn't, you could not tell me that God wasn't who he says he was and that Jesus is real and, and he, like just everything, in a way that sort of like didn't make sense. It didn't, you know, correlate with, oh, this church is doing these things and teaching these things and being this way. So of course you're going to, and it's like, no, I just, that's just God's hand of just, 
I'm here, I exist. And a lot of that had to do with other issues for me of personally, just like, like craving that, just always feeling that, that call of God, um, for most of my life, especially with like having a father who was not as available, like emotionally, uh, and just, and even physically a lot, a lot of the times and, and just seeing how perfect the love of the father was and, and and just so often in so many people's lives, like the idea of my father is not there. Therefore God is like my father. Hmm. I didn't do that. Hmm. And that's just, again, his kindness for me. I went, Hmm. In so many ways, my father wasn't there, but God is my heavenly father. And every way my father is lacking, he is perfect. I can go to him. Hmm. And that was always such a deep well of joy and, 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 like a, there's a there was a fullness there that I feel like I've kind of always felt. Um, so it's interesting. I feel like it's not even like there was good. There were great things about my church growing up for sure, but it was so much more of just like just seeing God and His faithfulness, and mm-hmm. like it, even how like it as um, like in college that moment of like kind of awakening. There's so many people whose stories are like, yep, had this thought and then I bounced. I haven't been to church since. Mm-hmm. Haven't been. Christian, but it's just like, why didn't that happen to me? Easily could have easily. And it didn't like, mm-hmm. and, and that's where like, oh, your testimony is boring. Ha ha ha. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you have no idea. Yeah. So yeah, no. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, so, such a encouragement too to the power of the gospel, mm-hmm. to the power of God, to the, <clears throat> ways that he reaches us and meets us where we are. Yeah. Right. Um, in so many ways. So, okay. So what about the story from there? I think sometimes our, our testimonies can be, you know, about kind of the salvation testimony yep. and which also lends to this either exciting or boring narrative. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. What, what's the journey kind of, I don't know, highs and lows, <laughs> you know, looked like from, that point in, in college when you, your faith really maybe, and maybe for the final time in your life, but became your own and the journey of walking that out in the midst of life, in the midst of your career, in the midst of your relationships. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah, that was like the first moment of my faith becoming mine and having an ownership over it. Um, but yeah, so I feel like I've ended up finishing the rest of college fairly strong spiritually. Um, I met my wife in college, um, and uh, yeah, then after graduation, just going going out from there, it was. I think it kind of stayed at at the same level of relative maturity or or what have you. I found the church, you know, in the city that. I, that uh, Nicole and I ended up attending for a while and, you know, felt pretty strong, was serving there, you know, doing, um, doing it was part of the choir and sort of the, the worship team and, and just, you know, going about my time as a believer, not going through the motions, I wouldn't say that, but just, you know, you know, plodding along or what have you. But I think that the, a, a verse that's always like, like, called out to me for a long time, probably much of my life. Um, is the one where it says, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected. And I feel like when, when you're keenly aware of all the ways in which God has blessed you, and that goes for everyone, that goes for people who are 
in the midst of like all kinds of suffering and struggle or hardship or people who are, things are just going well and there's just so much blessing. It's always true how much God has given you. Because even if the only thing God has give, ever gave you is his son, that means he has given you a lot. And I feel like I've, I've just been keenly aware of the, the, how much I have been given and have had as a result always this desire of wanting to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Like, mm -hmm. I want to hear that so bad. I actually named, so I guess for, for getting to know you, for people who don't know uh -huh. me, uh, is that I'm a non-vocational pastor here at this church because I have a career elsewhere and I'm an actor. Um, so I have a production company that I started. Um, I'm not producing things yet, but that's part of sort of for tax reasons and other stuff. One day I'll maybe produce some stuff. But um, <clears throat> so I, I named my production company Good and Faithful Productions. Like I called it that because of that verse, because I've, I'm, God has given me so much and I want to hear from him. Well done, a good and faithful servant. And I think that verse probably like called to me from the ages of 19 until about like 30, 30, 31, like a good decade of just like, it would be playing in the background and I would like, yeah, 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 totally. And then turn away from it and then not. Oh, so, so, so when you say called to you, you, you mean like, like, it, it, yeah, it was playing in the background, uh -huh. but it, it, I was ignoring it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like okay. ultimately it was calling it, but you were screening the call. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. It's like, oh, that again. No, I, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, so it's interesting. So it's not that it was rebellion. It's not that it was mm. um, lipped sin, or, or, or at least that I was aware of at the time, but it was kind of going on autopilot a little bit. And like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Jesus is Lord. Oh, totally, yeah. And I'm just going to do my own thing mm. while Jesus is Lord. And like, and that verse just kept playing and kept playing. And then, uh, you know, cut to us, you know, leaving New York and coming here to LA, you know, large part for work for me and, you know, my career's going along and all this, you know, things are going well. God is blessing again for no reason, for no, no reason I deserved, um, like blessing my career, blessing my marriage, blessing all, all these things. I'm just getting to a point where I realized how much I was going through the motions mm. and like God just completely was just like, if I am if I am God, then like just that phrase just kept ringing out and, and the ways in which I kept seeing in my life, how it wasn't adding up. It wasn't like, well, if Jesus is Lord, then I wouldn't be doing that again, not, not sin, but necessarily, but like, you know, just not that the fullness that that's commensurate with that, or, or I would be, I would be doing this or, or what have you. And that ended up playing itself out with pretty much almost every aspect of my life as a husband, as uh, eventually, eventually a father with my career, everything. And it just, it got to a point where I was, I was going through the motions of just being pretty lazy about my life and my faith and all of that. And like God completely shook that up. Um, yeah, like 31, 32, how old is my second born? Uh, maybe 33. Somewhere, somewhere in in, in yeah. that early thirties, where it was just like God just grabbed a hold of me, mm. and it it timed out well with the church merging, mm -hmm. um, where it was like because 
because I grew up in the church, because I'm, you know, familiar with God's word, because I like, I, I know I'm a Christian. I know it's been decades, like check, check. But I was living in a, I don't, I don't know what the, the right word is, but the kind of my relationship wasn't thriving in the way that it should be with, with the Lord. And mostly because I sort of came to realize that like I had turned the gospel into a one-time thing. Mm. I turned the gospel, oh, the gospel is the thing that non-believers need to hear so that they get Jesus, so that they understand, so that they receive, boom, check. A hundred percent, I agree. I already accepted Jesus, check. I can take that gospel and put it on the shelf. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm, I got, I'm good. Mm. And just through around the time of the merge and through just growing in my, in my faith and just realizing and seeing so much more clearly how the, our relationship with the Lord is to be defined and how it, the gospel is the fuel by which we live and do everything. Like it seems obvious, but that was such a huge, huge revelation for me uh, in terms of my journey and of, of knowing God. Um, and that sort of, that's what was the beginning of setting me on, on course to be a pastor here. Mm. Okay. So let, let, let's talk about that a little bit, right? <laughs> so, I mean, well, you, I teed you up perfectly. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you had, I mean, you had a career, right? You mm-hmm. have a career mm-hmm. um, as a actor and in fact, right before, so <laughs> this is a great <laughs> fact, story. <laughs> yeah. Reggie preached this morning. Yep. Twice, twice, 8 yep, a.m., twice. 10 a.m. And then, Quickly jumped on an audition <laughs> at eleven forty-five. Eleven forty-five, and now we're recording podcast at yeah. twelve. Twelve. So before, before, before his next trend audition this afternoon. Before yeah, his next audition at three. <laughs> it's not usually on Sundays. It's weird. It's <laughs> pandemic o'clock. The things are very odd at this time. So yes. yeah. So he's very, yeah. especially today, very, very much <laughs> to bivocational. Yeah, yeah. It is a bivocational, bivocational day. So uh, I mean, I, in a lot of ways, I think you, you could look at that and be like, yeah, like you know, pastors, pastoring is for those who've been to seminary, yep. who, you know, are, are trained, who are vocational, who like, that's their job. Um, what, what brought you from this, this place where you're like, okay, like I, I understand the gospel all of a sudden, you know, in, in, in well, not all of a sudden, but I, I understand the gospel in a new oh, yeah. way. Yep. I understand the way it applies to all of my life in a new way. What brought you from there to the point of being a pastor and and shepherding not not just faithfully doing that in your job which i think is in, in one sense i think for a lot of us like that's the call right and that's yeah. what you should be doing. what what led you to become a pastor um a, a few things um two two guys a lot early, early on which were jerry wilkie Mm-hmm. used to be the pastor at Cornerstone, uh, Cornerstone, of course I have it, First Baptist Church of West LA, which mm-hmm. is what the church church with Shoreline merged to become mm-hmm. the Cornerstone you all know today. Um, so he was the pa- the lead pastor at First Baptist. And so it was him and Jim Leonard mm. for for different reasons. So <laughs> so for, for for Jerry, it really was just him seeing... Um, when we first started coming to the church, it was around, Nicole and I came around 2007, around the same time that Zach and Ginger Nix did, mm-hmm. as well as another sort of young couple at the time. So we were, you know, in our late twenties, early thirties, um, newly married, 
And everyone else in the church was like 15, 20 years older than us. Like there was a significant gap. And he saw that and realized like, oh. And so he ended up starting a Sunday school class just basically for us, like newly married, younger Mm -hmm. folks, even pulled what was the youngest couple before we all got there and asked them to join that group. So (laughs) just so we're not super alone. Um, So yeah, so that, it sort of started there and sort of Jerry saw in both myself and Zach of just like, here's two godly men. And he just started pouring into us both. And he's the first one who floated the idea of like, you know, you guys could be, could be pastors when they be elders. And Zach and I both were just like, uh, pass, <laughs> uh, next, go talk to someone else. Whatever. This is weird feeling of just, it's too much. It's significant. I don't like, no, no, no. So he kind of ran from that. Um, and then Zach, the jerk, went and went to seminary and started down the path and was like, oh boy. So, um, <laughs> sort of, he sort of, he sort of, he got to us, um, well, the Lord got to us both. Um, so Zach went to seminary. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, that's awesome. That's so great. And, you know, supported him and so grateful for him. And he's now got the plant instead of the South Bay. So like he's pastoring, he's a pastor. So he went to seminary yeah. and became a pastor. So I was all set to be like, uh, no, I can't do this. I'm not going to seminary. Don't feel that call. So clearly I cannot be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Enter Jim Leonard. Mm. Thanks a lot, Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard <laughs> has never been to seminary. Mm. Jim Leonard is not like, didn't do it the way it was supposed to be done. And he has faithfully served the Lord for decades. Mm. And it was, it was, and so I think the two of them combined, it was just like, oh man, <laughs> like I, I am out of excuses. You keep taking my excuses. Yeah, out yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, well, dang it. Um, and it's the kind of thing where just like, I, I love the Lord. I love serving his people. Like this, I mean, you see me when I'm singing on a Sunday morning and leading people in song and it's just, it's, it's joyful. It, I, I love watching other people encounter God. Mm. I love watching other people worship. I love watching other people see him for who he is, all of that. So it, that, and so it's just like, well, of course you're a pastor <laughs> that just fits in perfectly. So I think those two things are things that like sort of really set, set it in motion of just like, okay, like it doesn't have to be vocational, um, but it's clearly something the Lord is calling to me. Mm. You know, it's, it, and it's so interesting to me because I feel like at least from my vantage point, during that same time, he also um, gave you such a heart and a passion to genuinely, like, actually shepherd people, hmm. right? To care for people. I mean, we, we talk about all, all the time that you know, pastors, particularly here at Cornerstone, pastors are simply recognized, right? Yeah. They're not made. Yeah. And so, in that sense, it wasn't like, oh, you should pursue this and maybe then we'll make you. Right. A pastor. But yeah. I think through that season, the Lord was making you a pastor. Yep. And you didn't even realize what was happening. Nope. Because <laughs> I would have been like, whoa, what are you doing, Lord? <laughs> and, yeah. and then it, until you got to a point, both in life and in your just ministry to others, that everyone else looked around and you looked around and you're like, oh, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess me. I am. You like, got me. I guess this yeah. is right. Who, who I am. I guess this is who God has yeah. both made me to be recreated me to be, and obviously called me to be. Yeah. Um, which was, it's been a fun journey to, to, to see. Yeah. Can I, can I go, I want to go back, um, mm. before that, before the, the pastoral calling, which is, it, it's really interesting to think about because 
you think about that from that time when you were 19 um, and you sort of hearing and thinking about being uh, um, God saying, uh, well done, good and faithful servant, um, up until you're 30 and you're kind of like, eh, not sure, or 33 or whatever it is. Yeah. And then there's that, there's this turnaround where you're like, you know what? Um, my whole life needs to be about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like my, I, you know, I, up to this point, it's there, it's my identity, but also like, I'm still kind of doing my own thing and, and holding God at bay a little bit. Um, and, and then you see that transition and there's a transformation in your life all across the board. And then that's led to this really like beautiful, um, unique calling as mm-hmm. a pastor here at Cornerstone manifested because basically what Scott is saying, right, is that 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 sort of consistency of the gospel being applied to your life led you to love and care for and shepherd people. And then we're all sitting here, we're like, well, Reggie's a pastor, so I don't know, I don't know what we're doing, right? Um, but what what I think is really, I want to hear a little bit more about, and, you know, maybe I'm not following the, the correct uh, protocol here, but um, uh, what I would love to hear more about too is that intermediate time because What's really interesting to me is for most of the people in our church, they're not going to be called to be pastors, right? Mm-hmm. And yet that transition that happened at 33 um, or 32 or whatever, whenever mm-hmm. it happened where you're like, wait a minute, I need to live my life for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And all the areas of that life, of your life that that touched down that you were describing, mm-hmm. all, all the different components of how you strove for consistency and strove to live out of your gospel identity in Christ— um, what, what were more like, what, what did that look like in your marriage, in your family, oh, as a, as a father, as, um, a neighbor, as a, like, because when I think about the people in our church yeah. who, who really like can learn so much from the, the, the end of this is not you being a pastor, right? Like, it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I would say, I would argue as a pastor it's not the culmination of being a Christian in any oh, sense oh, of the word, oh, a no. unique calling. <laughs> yeah. and, and I wouldn't want yeah. anyone to get that impression no. at all. And I don't think that's what you've said. Um, I just want to clarify for the yeah, church, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. being a pastor is a unique calling, but there's so many ways that in that time, even before you came officially uh, uh, um, ordained here, that you were just, the gospel was just being massaged into all the corners of your life. Mm-hmm. What did that look like? And, and how did that change things um, in, in all those areas of your life? I mean, radically, <laughs> there's probably not enough time uh, to go through it all, but just like, uh, I guess uh, uh, two things. Uh, one, the, the, the reality of scripture, the deepening reality of scripture and to a deeper realization of my own sin. Um, in that as the more I kept reading the Bible, especially with the 19, this, my faith is my own and like continuing to slowly grow and, and serve and, and be reading God's word and realize because I have been steeped in it for so long and cause I know it like, and because it's the Bible that like it can continues to just peel back layer after layer and just diving more into his word, like having realizations of like really grappling with what the word actually says. Like even just one example is just seeing people respond to Jesus and you know, like as you're reading God's word and like you're seeing these stories and realizing this is history, this is something that actually happened. You you watch the account of Jesus walking up to a bustling fisherman who, who has his own you know family business is doing this thing um, um, a, a, as a fisherman, and Jesus comes up and says, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." 
and they drop their nets immediately and bounce. Like, sorry, dad, I'm out. I, I'm following this guy. And, and it's just, we read that and we kind of gloss over it and like, oh, okay, people, they left. And I was like, you don't, do you understand what a big deal that is to, and especially in that time to leave your father, leave your family, leave your work, your vocation to follow someone and you see people respond to Jesus and just realizing from God's word, these aren't just stories. These aren't just something that's told. It, it, this actually happened. This was the response people had to Jesus. And then all the promises of God and realizing who Jesus is, um, like that he is always with us, that he loves us, that he like taking it beyond the like the phrase into the to the, your bones that, that that's true. Like that gripped me, that, mm. that continued to just completely grip me, mm. coupled with the realization of my own sin. And <clears throat> I'll, I'll do this fast because it, it, it's involved, but this thing I call the awakening, uh, basically mm -hmm. I had a moment uh, really w with my wife. After, Is that a movie you were in? It was, <laughs> <laughs> you can rent Netflix, go search for <laughs> the awakening. I'm, I'm sure that's a movie. Pay I have no, no idea. I'm sure it is. Okay. It sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to say Robert Duvall's in it. Yeah. I don't know. You something. probably should not watch it. Just yeah, to be probably, careful. Yeah. It could be like a horror movie. Or something. I, yeah, I'm not recommending know. it. They it's did just... not. There's no biopic about yeah. me. called yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, no, not yet. I, yeah. Yes. <laughs> we should make it. Um, no, but I basically came to a point basically when my, when we had our second child, when, when Maya was born shortly after that, um, because God has been as gracious and as kind and as good as he has been to me and to my family, he has blessed me with a successful career, with a wife, with children, with a house. And I unknowingly was allowing that to let me sit back, to just be lazy, kick, kick, kick back to like, all right, cool. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I'll just, because I can, I'll just sit back because mm. things just keep happening. Mm. And <laughs> well, some marital advice uh, to husbands or future husbands, uh, don't do that. <laughs> it's uh, generally frowned it's good, upon. It's, a, it's just a good, just as easy a, as a, thing to remember. As a note, like that's not what Paul had in mind. He said, <laughs> love your <laughs> wife as Christ loved the church and sit back and do nothing. Like, no, that's not how that works. So it really, like, my wife is a saint. Uh, and you know, got to a point where she finally confronted me on this, a sin that she had been repeatedly doing for, for a while, for years. Mm. And it just, it boiled over. Um, like she would, she could handle it when it was just her and I, it, she handled it a little less when it was her and a child. And then it was, we, we moved to a house and taking care of a house. And then we had a second child and she broke and, and then her breaking finally enabled me to see all the ways in which I was sinning and falling short. Mm. Not, not in, you know, gratuitous, you know, crazy ways, but just like not doing the dishes or the laundry or, or forgetting to pick up something while my wife went to work with the, because the way my work works is a lot of my work is, is passive. There's passive income. Like I'll go and I'll shoot something. I'll be on set. I'll get paid for that. And then there's residuals that kick in. Mm. So like actual time spent, you know, at the, a work site work or whatever is so much different for me as an actor than it is for so many other people. And inconsistent. I mean, and inconsistent. And yeah. Really ex ex extreme weeks. And yeah. And yeah, really yeah. So that some weeks are crazy and some yeah. weeks I'm doing nothing. Yeah. And I would, yeah, I would just use that time. So just being confronted by that sin, by those sin has like really changed everything for me in that, at that point and realizing like, 
Because again, probably we work in extremes. Like it's like like I'm fine. Like I like I'm not doing this, this, and this. So uh, just completely excusing my sin um, in a terrible way. So so okay. So you're confronted with your sin, and you're also sort of at the same time recognizing and realizing the way that the gospel touches down. Yeah. Like I guess how does the gospel? How did the gospel speak into that? Like and and how did that like produce? I guess the transformation that yeah. you saw in your life from then on. It's weird. Cause it, like, <laughs> like one of the first things that came to my mind for whatever reason was, I don't know. It's magic. And, <laughs> like, because truly it's just like, I don't know how God did that. Mm. Like I mm. love me some me. And like years ago when I was just not paying attention and it, it's how that light turned on. I do not know. Mm. Like, yeah, I sat and talked with Scott and that was helpful, that counseling. And yeah, I had many conversations with Nicole and yeah, whatever, but I don't know how he did it. Mm-hmm. But I do know that it happened. It mm-hmm. very much happened. And then, so it's interesting to see like those two trains that are sort of like, seems like they're just crashing into each other. And it seems negative, I think, to be like, oh man, there's all this sin, all these ways I'm falling short, right. but there's all this richness in God's word and all this truth. Ah, and then just somehow they came together and it allowed for true repentance and, and real forgiveness and, and, and growth and grace and, and, and truth and seeing that it's almost like that. I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like God used that sin, uh, for his, for my good and his glory. Weird. Um, but, but yeah, it just like. It, it, it clicked for whatever reason and God just took it. He's just like, okay, like you see it now. All right, cool. Let's get to work. Mm. I think it's just a beautiful mm. picture of the way transformation happens in our lives and the way that um, God will use our sin, our brokenness. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when that touches down through the power of the Holy spirit with the truth and the hope of the gospel, yeah. um, it produces, this, it can and, does because of God's work produce this kind of transformation that the reality is, you know, and this is interesting because sometimes people think about the Christian, you you think about church and like, why do you talk about sin so much? Or why do you talk about this other things? And then, or like, well, why do you talk about the gospel so much? And these two things are not in conflict with each other. Mm. Some people are like, oh, I want to go to church to hear positive things. Hmm. Tell me only positive things. And then some people, some people actually like going to church to like talk about how evil everyone else is or whatever, you know, talk about sin all the time. Um, but the reality is we, we talk about those things the way scripture does in the context of the gospel that says in the cross, Jesus died for your sin. It's your sin being paid for on the cross. And yet in the cross, his love is perfected towards you. It's perfect towards you. It's complete towards you. And so you have the perfect love of God and the perfect confrontation with your sin met in the cross. Mm-hmm. And when that touches down in your life and in your heart, um, you can confess sin, you can battle against sin, you can be, um, you can have, you know, Pastor Scott ask you and challenge you on that or, yeah. or, or other people, uh, yeah. you know, Nicole, Nicole challenging you on yeah. your sin and there's hope in that. Yeah. It's not just condemnation or correction and, and, and critique, right? And, and mm. it's the fact that like, the thing that strikes me is that the fact that it's not something for pastors, mm. it's not something for the elite, uh, you can't see the air quotes I'm making, mm. like, you know, it, it's not special that's just what it is to know him. Yeah. And that's the, and that's the thing that I think that really struck me and, and shook me up even. And I, I know that I ended up becoming a pastor, but I feel like even for anybody listening to this, it just really is this sense of like, this is the kind of growth and transformation and change and, and 
beauty. That's, that's, that's the other word that, that comes to mind that God wants to do in everyone, everyone who claims Jesus as theirs, who, who believes and confesses in him. That's for you. Mm. That depth of growth and, 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 and change and, and, and beauty is, is yours in him. That's so overwhelmingly encouraging. <laughs> and I, it's, I, it's why I'm so glad we're doing this. I mean, this yeah. was like really, a, because it's an opportunity to share how that awakening has taken place over the course of your life. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. at, in one way at seven. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like in, in sure. another way at 10, mm-hmm. another way at 16, mm-hmm. in another really significant way at 19, mm-hmm. and in a really significant way in your early 30s. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when people can hear hear stories of that, that type of transformation, they're like, oh, well, that's what happens if you're swinging the pendulum from one side to the other. Right. Or that's what happens like in your early 20s. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you, but man, that, that's not the Christian life. Nope. Somebody uh, asked me just a, a while ago, I mean, this is maybe a few years ago, like what, you know, you, you have older people in your church, like how do you measure spiritual maturity? Right. Because sometimes <laughs> the, in Christian culture, we can measure spiritual maturity by like church attendance and program, you know, involvement, or yeah. leadership positions and that. And as I thought about it, I realized, wait, you know, the answer, the answer really is just those that are still growing mm-hmm. because this is a relationship because it's, and it, it, it always makes me think of Bill Kastenholz, <laughs> Bill and Jeanette. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that just inspires me about Bill is, is that he is constantly learning mm-hmm. growing um having like and not just like learning in little ways but like like it, these things that that shift the, mm-hmm. the, these processes that, that that shift even how he thought life was going to go mm-hmm. and so I, I think that it makes all the sense all the sense in the world that that should happen in your early 30s yeah. that that happened in your early 30s yeah and and i think these are the things that are going to keep happening yep right <laughs> it, the same thing happened to me uh, a while ago uh a few years ago with, with patty Whitted. Mm. um she it was either at a conference or some something and we were just we were just chatting and she was just saying something like you know yeah i've just you know this is what the lord's been working with me on and uh, yeah just that one sentence that one phrase coming out of a woman in her late seventies, early eighties, the time, yeah. whatever it was, the idea of the Lord continuously being at work in us, mm. continuously like producing things and and pruning and, and growing and blossoming, and like constantly. I feel like we have this default as human beings of wanting to relax, yeah. wanting wanting to just okay, I'm I'm done now. I I've made it or or whatever, and then you just stop, and that's not what it is to know Jesus. Depend, depending on how long ago that was. Patty's 93 years old, by the way. Stop your lies. Really? Just, just as a heads up. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. Woman. And yeah, and she yeah, she rocks. Yeah, I yeah. love her. For, before the thing, pandemic, like, she was taking an Uber to yes, church. And yeah. she'd be like, oh, every week she's like, I'm always sharing the gospel with my Uber driver. It's just <laughs> like it's it's unbel- it's it's fantastic. But that but that's what it we, is. It's not a moment. It's well, are we just assuming that she doesn't listen to podcasts because we just like like <laughs> you know, revealed hey, her age. She figured out Uber. 
I'm sure she's. I'm just saying the, the, the age to adds Patty. to it. Can, oh, can, Patty, can, Patty does not can, care. Can we say, can yeah, we say that doesn't. after 90, yeah, like your doesn't. age should be public record? Like this just should be because it's all inspiring. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the point. The point of what Reggie was saying <laughs> is that Patty's old. Yeah. That's what I'm. Amazing what? Nope. to be growing. An amazing woman to be growing in, at yeah. 70 something is one thing. And especially, 90, especially because like, oh in, God, in yeah. the world you see all the time, people like want to hit a point of comfortability where they can relax. Yeah. And it's just like, that's not how we roll. That's, that's not what we do. That's not what knowing him is. Well, man, in, in, in the midst of how the Lord brings all these different uh, streams together in our lives, in our hearts, and how he brings us about in a way that actually does look like magic, right? That yeah. we don't, it's not like A plus B equals yeah, yeah. C. I, you know, it, I, I hear you talking about this. It's convicting to me right now, <laughs> right? I feel that. <laughs> I feel that pull. I feel that that desire it's, it's my birthday i'm feeling a little bit reflective yeah, it where, is. you know you know a little bit uh, especially at your age i mean that's 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 important that's, no but like it's I, great for I, you I, if you just remember yesterday <laughs> just feel that temptation right to be like oh yeah okay wow wow the lord did do a lot of things hmm. um hmm. i guess we're hmm. you know I, and, and and he's still working right but it but not in the same way and I think what I what I hear yeah. what I hear screaming from your story is yes in the same way mm-hmm. and again mm-hmm. and more and like over and over again and mm-hmm. deeper and deeper and grander and grander yeah and what a what a cool and exciting uh, story to get to reflect on hmm. uh, that I think inspires both both awe in the past but also that hope yeah uh, both eternal. And also that hope for what he's going to continue to do mm-hmm. as long as we have the, the gift of life on this earth. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, well, thanks, man. Thanks Absolutely. so much for sharing. Thanks for being here, Matt. Thank you, Reggie. It was Absolutely. really great to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I hope you guys were all as blessed by that as, as we were. And um, now you get to know a little bit, get to know Pastor Reggie a little bit more, um, can ask him about those aspects of his story um, and as they intersect with with yours. And so thanks for taking the time to listen. Uh, We love you and we'll see you on Sunday.